Welcome to the Not Great Parents podcast. I am Not Great Parent Molly, and this is my co-host, Not Great Parent Nathan. Hello. Hi, everyone. We are excited because we're starting something new today. No, we started it last week. Shoot. <laughs> That's okay. We're leaving that in. No. No, no, no. no. we can. Yes, we can. we're but, leaving it in. All right. Because so, this is not great. This is our, we're already off to what we said. Is a our not great start. A not great start. But that's okay. So, remember when we started that new series last week? I remember that really memorable episode last week that we don't even remember. Right. You guys remember that? Well, we're going to do another one. Yes. It's not the first one. No, but let's start because the the name of this series, and I think we didn't call it this last week, if if my guess is it's going to say it, uh, we are so far ahead. I yeah. want to start with yeah. that. We are so far ahead that we don't even know when And for Nathan and I, this is a very strange place to be in. Yes, we are like very <laughs> far ahead. We're so. usually sort of close to deadline people. Yes. So so I I bet the graphic and the title of the episode had the correct I series title. But I think in the last episode we called this series, The Holidays Make Me Crazy. Right, which is probably the tag the tagline underneath sure. it now. But this is now called A Not Great Christmas. Right. Like no. all, all your great uh, Christmas specials. Right. This is your not great Christmas. But before we get to why we're calling it A Not Great Christmas, why do we call this podcast? What is the idea behind not greatness? Well... <laughs> well, we're great examples of it. Yes. <laughs> but not greatness, what, what we are referring to when we're talking about not greatness is that the world has this idea or this list of things that, that are great. Mm-hmm. Money, success, experiences, perfect children. Yeah, perfect uh, romance, romance, excitement, excitement vacations, uh, yeah. all the things that uh, you think are like the bucket list for life. Mm-hmm. And in the Bible, Jesus tells us that mm-hmm. we should be pursuing a life that is good. And, yeah. and his definition of good is not the same as the world. So we yes. as parents who are raising children and um, trying to uh, live our lives with our feet pointed toward Jesus and steering our children in that direction, we want to be going in the direction of good, not great. The holidays are this time where the the pressure of greatness Ugh. seems to get intensified. In every way, don't yes. you think? I 100% think I mean, so. there's levels, and we're going to cover a bunch of them, but there's a whole bunch of stuff around the holidays. It's sort of like the Super Bowl of the year or yeah. the, the ultimate great events or the mm-hmm. ultimate greatness between presence and people and food and experiences and time off of work to go travel. I mean, whatever it might be for you, but all those things are, you know, sitting right there for us and, and kind of the world expects us to do a bunch of them. Well, and we really want it. And, you know, the way I've been trying to say it is, you know, we're also at the same time prepping a series for the Christmas season here Mm -hmm. at church. And it's called, it's going to be called Messy Christmas. And it's really similar to what we're talking about here of, I think everybody kind of knows, look, the holidays, they both suck, <laughs> but they're also something we really want to be this special, meaningful, oh, yeah. memorable thing. And so I think everyone kind of knows, hey, it's going to be busy this year. Even if we're like, hey, we're going to have a simple Christmas. 
Oh yeah. You know Famous it's gonna last be, words. <laughs> yeah, you know it's gonna be busy. You know you're gonna spend too much money. You know you're gonna be at events with people that get on your nerves and that are gonna have all these you're expectations of you. You're going to be tired. And what you're looking for is not that every event would be good. I mean, they're even, I mean, if you're like me, you know there are events and family things and all these different things. You're just like writing them off as, I got to get through that. Yes. Once we get through this and once I get this thing done, then I'll get a good holiday going. Right. You're not looking for every event to be meaningful and memorable. I think what most parents in particular, I think, are looking for is they want one moment. Oh, yes, the moment. I want that Christmas moment yes it could be under your tree yes. it could be um the look on you know, your kids face when they open the present yes when they open the present yeah. it could be the family member that came home that hadn't been around for That's so right. long it's it could be the public commercial again the we'll talk about commercial. That. but it is we want a moment i mean we think we want to have it all all the things happen but really we're stacking up all these different things so that somewhere in that we get that somewhere moment. in the middle i want to have a moment where all the mess falls away and all the stress falls away and all the money I spent doesn't matter. And it, it, it all of it was worth it for this moment right. to happen. But what I often find for people is when we, when we, you talk about after the holiday's over mm -hmm. and they bring up that moment or this moment or whatever it was, mm -hmm. there's this feeling within them that they are even questioning. It's almost like you're trying to convince yourself yeah, it was all worth that. Yeah, that yes. that was really good, I guess. That was a great moment. And what I have found for people is, um, you know, and not even to mention the fact that we mentioned all the things that could be your perfect Christmas moment, and then Christians feel this guilty obligation. Put Christ back in Christmas. Yeah, I got to put Christ. I got to remember the reason for the season or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is. And I, maybe Jesus will be part of that moment, but maybe, maybe. he won't. Right. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. And you feel this obligation to something meaningful, memorable. And if you're a Christian, something spiritual needs to happen. Yes. And you put all this pressure on it. Mm -hmm. And the, the desire for greatness ends up ripping away what God could do because Jesus did not show up. And this is what we're saying in our series, but I think here for this podcast series is the same thing is Jesus did not show up uh, in the way everyone expected no. a king to show up. He showed up in the messiest of ways, in the most in, humble of ways. In the most humble of ways, right? And, in the most relational ways. Yes, because his goal was uh, he was what the angel declared he would be Emmanuel, God with us. Mm -hmm. That the goal was Jesus wanted to be with us in the mess of things, in, in the stress of things. The goal is not, hey, let's just somehow remove all these events. There may be events you need to remove. The goal is, hey, we're not going to spend any money this Christmas. You may need to spend less money this right. Christmas. The goal is not somehow to have this like a, what do they call it? Asceticism Christmas no. where like, I'm just, I'm just no. completely detached from everything. No, and we're not saying that. And we're yes. not even telling you how to do your Christmas. That's no. something we're very clear about. We're, we're not telling you, okay, here's your Christmas formula. Go do it. We are, you're not. And so the goal of the holiday season of Christmas is not to, I'm trying to say this the right way before it even comes to me. It's not, it's not to put Christ back into Christmas as in, I just need to occasionally recognize that every event, oh, by the way, before you open the presents, Jesus is our greatest gift, open the presents. Like, 
Hey, before we sit down and eat this meal, Jesus is the bread of life. Yeah, go ahead and listen. Go. Jesus, thank you for the Sunday other way. I need to acknowledge Jesus as, yeah. as part of it. The goal of the Christmas season is it is a time for me to look at the life of Jesus, then to look at my own life and, and to say, is my life following his shape? Right. The way that he chose to live. And Christmas is a is a wonderful time for us to look at this in our own lives. And that's what we really want to do in this season. That I think that would be a good Christmas, a not great Christmas. It's it's in the midst of these family obligations, right. in the midst of these other things. Am I forming my am I allowing Christ to form me into a person who looks like Jesus? Yeah. And I think if you don't have that in the forefront of your mind, you're not you're not going to. You're going to get swept up in the great Christmas and yeah. and, and not really look for those opportunities, look for those moments and say, am I really, am I really doing this? Is my life in the same rhythm of, mm. that Jesus would want it to be in? And I don't know that mine is sometimes. <laughs> no, I think it's natural. And I think, you know, I talked about this in a recent sermon. Once again, when we're filming this, it's probably been a while. It'll have been over a month at this point. Um, but where I talked about, most of us think Christianity, faith, Religion is something that happens in my mind. I got to believe the right things. And I, by belief, I mean I got to think the right things. And so that's why we think all I have to do is put Christ back into Christmas. Yes. All I have to do is remember what's the reason for the season. Mm -hmm. And as long as before I open the presents or before we sit down for the meal or we do this. I give him a shout out. I give a shout out. I name drop <laughs> Jesus. I name drop Jesus a little. <laughs> or I read the Christmas story. Or I do X, Y, and Z. Right. And I go, that's really all Jesus wanted was for me to make sure I remembered. And acknowledged. And acknowledged him. And really what Jesus is looking for is he's going, hey, in the midst of everything that you're doing, are you taking on my posture? Mm -hmm. Are you shaping your life in this? And that's not about what I believe in my mind. That's about the rhythm of my life, the habits in my life, the ways that I'm learning to love Jesus more. And so... It is really dangerous, I'll say, to think I'm going to keep the exact same Christmas holiday rhythm as every other non-believing person mm -hmm. I know. And as long as I just remember Jesus is the reason for the season, then I'm making the most of this holiday season. That's yeah, very dangerous. Because eventually I will be shaped into my habits and my rhythms, not necessarily just shaped into the thing I said. Right. And essentially in that scenario, you're doing the great Christmas mm -hmm. and then throwing sprinkling in a little mm -hmm. Jesus, as we yeah. say, and we want us to have a good Christmas, which, right. which means that Jesus is the top priority. So let's talk a little bit about priorities because, yeah. you know, one of the things that I think is the hardest thing, and I, and we can both talk about this for a while, but, um, about the holidays is that, we have a ton of family obligations and expectations mm. in our immediate family and our extended family. And we can look at Jesus's life and we can look at what he has taught us and learn how to handle some of these family obligations. Mm. And, and I know we've talked about priorities and things like that on previous episodes, but it's something that, again, we could probably put it into all 40 episodes yeah. because priority, it's, uh, most of what we're always talking about is priority mm -hmm. in some way, shape, or form. So when we're approaching the holiday season, 
Family obligations is sometimes for me one of the most overwhelming parts. The expectation that I am everywhere and with all these people, you know, we've got my husband's family, my family, my kids, extended family that lives other places and, and everyone's pulling and pushing and, and it's hard sometimes. Yeah. So in Matthew 12, we can read that Jesus speaks about the true family of Christmas. So uh, Matthew 12, 46 says, as Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. Someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are standing outside and they want to speak to you. Jesus asked, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he pointed to his disciples and said, look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. How would you feel if your child did that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, so let's talk about just like in our own culture, if that's the way it happened, obviously there'd be tension. In Jesus' culture, this, is, uh, this could be construed. Uh, I, I don't believe this is what Jesus was doing, but it could be construed as almost like giving a middle finger to your family. It's so offensive. Family was your highest priority. And Jesus, it appears as if he's saying, that's not even my mom. Mm -hmm. I don't even know who that lady is. Yeah, I don't know I don't know why she's trying to speak to me. It feels disrespectful. Mm -hmm. feels dishonoring. Now we, of course, know, well, that can't be what Jesus is doing. Jesus can't be trying to disrespect his mother or dishonor her. He's certainly not trying to scoff at her or offend I mean, her. It doesn't say that this were his teenage years. Right. This, yeah, this is, <laughs> hey, you're not even my hey, mom. You're my, oh, yeah. no, you're not my real mom, Mary. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Remi but, remind me to tell you a story, not right now, about Henry. That'd be, that'd be fair enough. <laughs> so, so is Jesus trying to be offensive? Is he trying to be disrespectful? No. no, I don't think so. But Jesus is doing something that certainly could be misconstrued that way. And it does seem like he's trying to play a little bit with that tension. Right. I feel like he's doing something, too, in the very Jesus way that is so shocking to right. some that it it startle. It's going to startle some yes. to hear that. And that is sometimes what we see him do to get people's attention to say, yes. hey, listen, well, and I what you thought it was is different. Yes. He is trying to draw a stark contrast between life in the kingdom mm -hmm. and life in the kingdom of this world. And so what is Jesus talking about? Jesus is here. Let's just start, let's just try and contextualize this in a way that kind of makes sense for us. And then I'm going to have you kind of, we'll, we'll, we'll walk, walk through, through almost it. verse by verse. But in general, what Jesus is talking about is he is talking about a shifting of priorities. This is the same thing as when Jesus says, you can't be my disciple unless you hate your mother and father, or you hate your sister and brother, which once again, in their culture, your whole life was tied into your family and who your family was. Yeah. Your honor, the way people thought of you as a respectable person was how well you honored your family. So for Jesus to say this, once again, it feels, it feels vulgar, mm -hmm. it feels offensive, and people are going, I don't understand this. Um, but he is trying to draw a clear distinction of where do your priorities fall? Mm -hmm. And there's something in that that we have to pay attention to. So let's start, read it again, read the first of these verses. As Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. 
Someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are standing outside and they want to speak to you. So this is this is Jesus speaking. He's teaching. He has an obligation to the kingdom at this point, right? He is most likely doing his normal. And they want backstage passes. Yes. Well, probably more likely they want they want to be honored by him, mm-hmm. right? He has this crowd. There's a way associations, and this is, it's this way right. in our day to a small degree, right. right? If I'm associated with you, I get a little bit of your honor. Mm-hmm. But no one, no one in our day, like I'm trying to think. Okay, I don't even know the answer to this. But if Taylor Swift had a brother, I don't know if Taylor Swift has a brother. Um, it's not that cool to me that you're Taylor Swift's brother. I'm like, yeah. good on you, bro. But yeah, like, right. honestly, there's a way in which your brother, your sister, being so talented makes me kind of go. Oh, you got you didn't get any of those talents. That's right. Good for you, (laughs) buddy. You're just you because of association. (laughs) But in their day, once again, because family uh, uh, alliances, all these kind of things were so big. There's a little bit of glory that falls onto them by being the brothers, the mothers. And I'm not saying that they were like a glory hog. They're trying to get in. No, but here is this leader that people are flocking to, and they in there. They can't wait to hear what he has to say. I mean, it's yes. it's the same reason we put all these people up on the podium at an inauguration or sure, a thing exactly. like this. Because it's not even just about that person. It's about the, the, the collectiveness. People. And so, That's you know, right. I mean, I don't think it's the same scenario, but it is, yes. you know, it is a display of Cer- who you are part of. Certainly what everyone is expecting him to do. And there's another place this actually happens. I I think it's in the book of Luke, but I'm not sure. It's in another one of the Gospels where Jesus is teaching and a woman shouts from the crowd to honor him. She mm-hmm. says, blessed is the is the mother. I think it's actually blessed are the uh, breasts at which you <laughs> nursed, but <laughs> we've translated it to blessed is the mother who nursed yeah, you. The mother. And Jesus says, no, <laughs> blessed is the person who hears the word of God and does it. You know, I'm still back on blessed are the breasts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, I'm really mature. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> but I do think they were, she says this, right. expecting right. Jesus to not only take it as honor and compliment for him, but to almost pass it along to his mother, mm-hmm. right? And Jesus, even in that place, goes, no, you no. know who's actually blessed mm-hmm. is the person who hears the word of God and does it. Jesus is always redirecting what they in their culture saw as your highest obligation right. and your highest allegiance <coughs> is to your family. And Jesus goes, no, no, no. There is a different allegiance that matters more. Mm-hmm. And and he's trying to draw a stark contrast, which is why he says at one point, it's going to appear to those people as if you hate them. Mm-hmm. It should. It's going to feel at times when you draw the line in the sand and say, hey, my allegiance is actually with Jesus, and in this case, he says, it's it's the people who, uh, how does he phrase it at the end? He says, my sister and my brothers he are. He says, my sister, he says, who's my mother? Who are my brothers? And then he points to his disciples and says, look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So Jesus is saying, it is the people who love and honor me, love and honor my father. They are now my closest Allegiance. They are my closest. Uh, they are my closest uh, family mm-hmm. in this sense. Now that was insanely shocking to them. Oh, but it is in our world today too. 
Oh, for sure. There is a way in which we think, even in our modern culture, the goal of faith or the goal of the church should be, hey, help me to raise my family the way that I see best. Mm -hmm. Help me to uh, get my marriage the way I wanted to go. Help me to get my kids to go the way mm -hmm. they want to go. Not, hey, I'm now a part of the family of God. And I have an obligation. I have an obligation to these brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. And I have an obligation to my heavenly father. Now, all of that to set up this idea that I do not think what Jesus is even trying to say is you should not honor your father and mother. He makes that clear in other places when he attacks, kind of throws some attacks at the Pharisees of, hey, you say you honor your father and mother, you're not actually doing it. But it looks to me like he's saying, this; these are no longer your number one priority. Mm -hmm. They might be, it, if if you, they might be, but if you are doing the will mm -hmm. of the father, they are no longer your. Yeah, your top priority is to do the will of they God. Are, right, your top priority is to do the will of God and then beyond that when everybody's doing the will of God, then they become your brothers, your sisters, your mother. They become your right. brothers. And hopefully in the way that life goes, you know, and I say this to my kids all the time. So the way that we've established it on this podcast mm -hmm. uh, several times is for me and my wife, the way our priorities go is number one is Jesus and his church. We don't see a separation just like at least in the mm -hmm. New Testament, I do not see a separation between loving Jesus and loving his church. He mm -hmm. is the head of the church. The church is his body. These are inseparable things. So loving Jesus means loving my brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. So that's my top priority in life. My second priority is my wife. Mm -hmm. We said till death do us part. We agreed, hey, we are going to love each other in the way that Christ loved his church. But even our marriage... Our marriage is a part of the family of God, mm -hmm. not our own separate family that we get to be the king of. Mm -hmm. We are a we are married in the church. Okay. We are married in that sense. Then it's my children, the the those the children who live in my home. I have an obligation to them. Uh, we birthed one. Yes. <laughs> we adopted the others. We took them in. And and ultimately, Jesus or God entrusted you with all of those children. That's right. That also part of the church. The church. <laughs> and so all of that for me falls under the same goal of my my job is I want to do the will of my Father in heaven by loving my wife correctly, mm -hmm. by loving my children correctly. But in order to love them correctly, things have to be done in the priority yeah. order. What that then also means is everybody else. Mm -hmm. Every other obligation, my job, which I work for the church, you work for the church, they feel like they can be the same, and I have to make a clear distinction mm -hmm. there. My job is my job. Mm -hmm. my and I have obligations to my job, mm -hmm. but they fall under my obligations to my brothers and sisters in Christ, which are separate from my job. Right. Right? Also, my parents, mm -hmm. my, my in-laws... Right. right? Anyone else in my life, right, that somehow fits outside of the brother and sister in Christ role, right, that's not the same, it's not the same priority. Right. It's not the same obligation. So, mm. this is where I think things get tricky for people. Mm -hmm. When you're trying to set up your family Christmas, and there are all these obligations oh. on you, because yes. you got a you work party to go to. Mm-hmm. You got a family thing going on, 
You it, got ten things at the school. The you school's got, got all these obligations. All, oh yeah, and then you still got to get things cooked, clean, yes, wrapped, bought. All these other things that don't even involve other people sometimes, but yes. is for the overall. Yes. You really have to take a look at your yes. priorities. And you have to place, and we talked about this before, you got to place boundaries around things. Right. In order for me to love people and love God properly, things have to be in their proper order. Mm -hmm. And so I have to put boundaries, strong boundaries around the things that I go, these things must get top priority. Mm -hmm. And so this is what I mean. For me and my wife and our family, the way that we try to do things is when, when life starts to get busier, as it does around the holidays, right. right, we have to put really strong boundaries around. These are the things we are going to make sure no matter what we are a part of. Mm -hmm. Things that involve our obligations to the, the body of Christ, right? The obligations we ha I have to my wife, mm -hmm. And to my kids, those are the things that have really strong boundaries. I'm going to be at it. I'm going to make sure I can give 100% of my time and my attention to those things. Every other obligation, really loose boundaries around. And what I mean, and maybe maybe based on the metaphor, maybe those are stronger. I yeah, don't know how I it don't fits know. in your I head. I was but like, maybe it is the stronger boundaries, but but what you mean is, they get less, less of me. Less of you. They get less of a percentage of you or maybe none of you during those times because yeah. those other things are really what matters. And so you might have to tell people no. <laughs> yes. Or you might have to um, say, I can I'm be there, but I'm going to be little, late. Or I, I will be there for one hour and I'm going to establish that in advance. And my boundary is that I'm established, you know, I'm telling you that in advance. Mm -hmm. It might be, you know what, I can't see you on Christmas Day but I would like to see you during the holidays sometime. Mm -hmm. So can we have, you know, an afternoon together? I mean, mm -hmm. my family has sort of shifted to some of that because we were going a thousand directions on different days. And I finally said, I started calling every holiday. Um, oh no, no, I'm going to forget what I started calling it, but basically like a, a routine mm -hmm. and basically like we would go from one house to the next to the next. And sometimes we were spending 30 minutes somewhere. And it's like I'm a like, pub crawl. Or a progressive meal or whatever. Yeah, yeah, okay. There was a different word. Call. What did I call? I can't remember what I called it. But anyway, and it was every holiday, Mother's Day, Father's Day, all these yeah. things out of obligation. And I would say, I, did anybody spend quality time together? Mm -hmm. Did we do anything in that time that was anything of value mm -hmm. that Jesus would find valuable? Maybe we honored them, but we didn't honor then, you know, we didn't honor our grandparents when we stayed for 15 minutes and we all the whole time we were there, we kept talking about when are we going to leave? When are we yes. going to leave? You know, so you, you have to really look at what you're being asked to do and then look at that priority and build it accordingly. And I think it's okay for you. And this is why I bring it up because I think Christians in particular feel a lot of guilt. I think everyone does, but I think Christians have this unique kind of guilt around boundaries in relationships because we feel like, well, what Jesus wants is for us, you know, we always talk about giving our lives away. It's mm -hmm. like, I'm just supposed to give it, give everything, but he doesn't mean give everything to everybody mm -mm. who possibly needs it. Jesus himself, as we talked about regularly, retired away to a hidden place to get away from people, to be with God mm -hmm. alone, to have these times. He had priorities around. He had, he had more time with his 12 disciples than he did with the 72 and that we know there's probably even a hundred you know others 
that were considered his followers as well, but they weren't the 12. Then he had those three that he gave even more time to. You know, mm -hmm. Jesus did prioritize time around people. So, and clearly in this case, his family, his blood comes to mm -hmm. him and he goes, I don't have time for you because I'm doing something else right now. Mm -hmm. And there's a way in which we have to, around these holidays, around these times, especially when life gets busy, and this is the way I try to make my decisions around it. If I can go to this event or this thing and it does not take away from my time, energy, or attention that I should be giving mm -hmm. to, to the body of Christ, my time with Jesus, <coughs> right. to my wife and our relationship, and to my kids, then I'll show up. Mm -hmm. But if somehow that this event this thing would detract from one of these other things that I have said I am giving my life away to these people <coughs> and to Jesus, mm -hmm. then I can't give to these people what I'm supposed to give to these people. Right. And it doesn't mean that I don't love these people or don't honor these people. What it means is I can't be everywhere all at once. We've said it. You can't do everything. <clears throat> You'll cheat one to get the other. Yes. You'll cheat good to get great is what we right. have said on here regularly. That's right. I cannot be everywhere all at once. And in the end, as you said, I'm not even really honoring these, these people when I show up begrudgingly, angry at someone because <coughs> they guilted me into it. I'm tired. I'm frustrated, but I'm just here. No one's happy about it. What's better is for me to be honest and say, so... Regularly, there are things that Jennifer and I have to say no to because we say, hey, we have a church event on that day, mm -hmm. and we're going to be with our brothers and sisters in Christ doing this instead. And we are so glad it got scheduled for this day. Yeah, it might have been a real blessing. But there are things I'll say that but we wanted to do you... that we, we just go, hey, we can't. We've had to make this decision. There are times we come to things and say, hey, and because our kids have spe special needs, especially in regards to their rest yeah. and the time that they need, it would not be loving and honoring to them to make them stay hours upon hours at this event. So we'll come, but we can only stay for X amount of time, and then we're going to have to leave. And people might be, oh, you just got here. Oh, this just happened. And other times we've had people very upset and have mm -hmm. confronted us about it. We've had to say, hey, this is just where our priority. And I've had people say to me before, I feel like you care more about these people and this thing than us. And I've said, it's not that I care more. But I do prioritize him first. Yeah. And in those moments, there's a way in which to some of us it feels unloving to say that. It feels dishonoring to say that. But it is not. Yes. It is like Jesus saying, you're not my mothers and brothers and sisters. These people are. And, and that's him establishing that boundary, right? There. And it's establishing a boundary. And so this is not an excuse, as I always have to say to people when you talk about boundaries. Boundaries are not an excuse to cut people out of your lives or to never do for others. Jesus, I think, makes very clear when you are able to do for others, you should do for others. But I think we have lied to ourselves and convinced ourselves, oh, I'm able to show up there and do for this person and this person and that person and this person and do this. And I'm very guilty of this because this is my life. And I had to learn this in ministry to occasionally say, hey, you know what? I can't do this for you, but we have a lot of other great staff that people, can. and one of them can. Because for me to show up and to do this, I would not be able to give it the time and energy it deserves, and it would not honor you 
for me to show up and do this poorly. Mm-mm. And if I want to honor somebody, I have to put honor is, that is, by the way, what honoring your father and mother means. I have a lot of people who miss this. Yes. Honoring your father and mother doesn't mean do whatever they tell you to do or do whatever they ask you to do. And especially once you're an adult, it doesn't mean, hey, anytime they ask you to do something, you have to do it. No. Honor your father and mother means honor is about treating someone as extremely important and valuable. And so to honor your father and mother, you are saying, because you raised me, because because you were obedient to God's call to take care of me, to birth me, to whatever, to be the one who raised me, I'm going to show you a special kind of priority in my life. But it does not mean you get top priority Mm -hmm. in my life. And especially once I get married, once I once I have kids, I am to leave my father and mother to become one flesh with my with my wife, with with your husband, with uh, who, you know, that that relationship takes a top priority in that sense. And so these are difficult things. They are tricky things. Um, I just wanted to show well we'll put it up we'll have to put it up but this is what Jasper this is the one of the first years I had my son Jasper and you might not be able to see us but this was the year that we went 15 places on Thanksgiving he looks exhausted and he this was not a year that we honored our child and I pull this picture up sometimes to remind Mm. myself this is not what the holidays should be this was a Thanksgiving where we went so many different directions and he looks miserable Mm-hmm. I mean, I laugh at it a little bit too. I think it'd make a great meme. But it also personally reminds me, don't do that to my family. Don't do that to my child. Yes. And it, well, I think that's a, that's a really good point, Molly, that I do want to hit on before we kind of wrap this up. If you are the person who has, you've got a lot of expectations on your kids, or maybe maybe you're a grandparent, you've got a lot of expectations on your adult children, or your your uh, your grandchildren of, of what the holiday should be and feel, and I think we all can have this. Maybe, and I know a lot of people my age, they have a lot of expectations on their parents. They wish their parents, you yes. know, the grandparents would do more for them, and they think, why aren't you more involved? Anytime you put obligations on a relationship that are not biblical obligations of love me, take care of me, you know, right. be there for those kind of things. Mutually agreed upon. Yes, mutually agreed upon. When you put obligations on people, That is all you will ever be to them in obligation. And nobody wants to be in obligation. No one wants. I want to be in the nursing home one day and my kids come to see me out of obligation because they feel Mm -hmm. guilty if they don't. I want to, I want people to show up because they desire me, Mm -hmm. because they want to be around me. And we feel like, well, maybe if I could just get them there, if I could just get them to show up, if I could just get people to be involved, then they would know and they would feel it. But that's not the way it works. And so I would just say, if you have expectations this Christmas for other people and you're not letting them go and you're going to try and make sure that they meet them all, let them go. Yep. And if you're expecting, <clears throat> if, you, if one of those expectations is on your children to make your moment happen, mm. please let it go. They're not going to, it's not going to happen for you. Just let it go and you will have a moment that matters. But don't decide what that's going to be. And maybe the moment that will matter will be the fact that you let it go and you finally learned, oh, I didn't really need this. No, because... I thought I needed it and I didn't. Yeah, because your moment will be replaced with some goodness that God has yes. designed this to be. 
And when you create the time and opportunity with that in mind and the priorities mm -hmm. right, you're going, you're, you're going to see the goodness, not the greatness. That's great. So that's good. It's not great. It's good. It's good. Yes. So we hope that you guys have, and honestly, I think this, we have probably been very, I've tried to be very blunt and direct about this because I feel a lot of people struggle mm -hmm. with this. This probably raises questions for you. And so we hope you send us questions and say, hey, I hear what you say, but here's, here's what's going on in my life. And I'm not sure what is the honoring thing to do? What is the situation? We would love to be able to just talk yeah. with you about that and figure it out. If you want to call up to the church office, you sure. want to send an email to help at community-christian.net. We want to help you figure this out because the truth is this idea of boundaries is a nuanced kind of thing. It's not as simple as you just get to make it up. In fact, that's even a thing that kind of works itself out best in a Christian community where you can talk to other yeah. brothers and sisters and say, am I being too harsh? Right. Or am I being too, am I letting people take too much from my family yeah. or from the church? Or like, I might look at you and say, I really look at your family rhythm and I think that you guys have established something really good. Right. How did you get there? Yeah, that it works itself out better in communal conversations. So Especially don't just when people have the same priorities. Yes. That's one thing I hate about doing sermons, doing podcasts, is this is not licensed to just go out and do whatever you want because it no. is new one. You are called to honor your family. Even, even if they're not believers, oh, yes. your, your family of origin, they need to be honored, but in their proper place. Um, and that takes some nuance. Yeah. We also know you're about to experience a lot of holiday yes. cheer. And you might have some questions, comments, concerns, things you want to just throw out there for us. Um, so there is a link in the show notes and feel free to use that and we will address those. But start looking at your schedule and prioritizing your time and looking at what those uh, those boundaries are to be yeah. able to do um, Christmas with the goodness of God in mind. Yep. You all have a great day. We'll see you next time. See ya. Take care.